do you have any like words of wisdom or like or adages or like things to live by that you think as, as you've grown older you can impart on other people not really no i i think there has to be something so i'm 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 gonna give you an example because of course that was the whole point but i'm sure you you, you have one that you can think of too and my, mine is gonna be uh after 29 years of, of being here always order the french fries Hmm. Because that's if pretty, you, that's pretty good. Well, yeah. Because if you don't, you'll never know what you could have had, and really, like you miss one hundred percent of the fries you don't eat. <laughs> it was that. Is that what Wayne Gretzky said? No, I think that's what Tim Horton said. Oh, okay, got it. He was a hockey player before he was a fast food guy, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I, but I, like I think that applies everywhere. Like it doesn't matter if it's like incredibly classy food. I I just think you and I think Darth, a uh, friend of the show, un, unknowing friend of the show, Darth would know would would agree. <laughs> <laughs> They're all unknowing friends of the show. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like you just like at a place like Pico, which is which is a fantastic restaurant. Mm, yeah, like there are, there are many places where you would just be like, oh, like I assume they have they throw fries on there for like just to to appease children for um wealthy techies. That for some reason feel it's appropriate to take their children to a fine dining restaurant. More on that later. Um, but yeah, I think everywhere, regardless of what you're having, you should you should order the fries, and that's what people can take away from from three three decades of. of... Well, I I can attest that your advice is good because I enjoyed Blue Barn prior to your recommendation of French fries, but since you've made said recommendation, I enjoy Blue Barn exponentially more. Exactly, just because like you just you get you get that nice savory taste, and even if you're not eating, like it's just it's who who when are fries not appropriate? When are fries not a welcome addition? Like never. I agree. It's like who's going to come around with like just in any stage of life, like which is like free champagne, and they're going to be like, no, I'm good. That's just not that's just not how it works. So the only thing I'll say about fries, and if you have a correction to this, Ooh, I would, would okay. love to hear it. Mm-hmm. I've never successfully made french fries at home interesting and this includes sort of like from scratch this includes a variety of frozen options like you name it i've tried it in terms of the home french fry experience and i've never really found anything that's come remotely close to satisfactory okay so as a, as a budding restaurateur i i i feel <laughs> like i have something to to say here so i have done this many times and and there there's there are things that you can do so first you hmm, are these like you're just like you were at Whole Foods and you bought some Alexia fries and you were like, I just want to make these standalone or are these in addition to something else? But generally in addition to something else. Okay. Like you, you just you, you lightly spray some Pam on a cookie sheet or a baking sheet. You just you don't overpack the sheet with pre-made frozen fries halfway through or maybe 60 percent of the way through. You take them out. You flip them. You put them back in, and then you turn off the heat, and you let them kind of just settle for a little bit. And you get nice, crispy fries. You make sure you don't oversalt them, because uh, salt is the enemy of any good food. And that's it. So that sorry, what, what do you have a recommendation of particular frozen fries to get? This is something from the Amazon grocery store. We don't have. Oh, whole, oh yeah, that's what you mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was in Portland, I saw an Amazon store. I'm like, oh, holy shit! There's an Amazon Amazon Go store here, but there was not. It was just one of those. Uh, it was like a gigantic Amazon locker, and it was very disappointing. Mm. 
Um, no, I mean, any, any frozen fries are mostly the same. It's like, it's just potatoes that are sliced automatically or like, or like that are pre-sliced for you. <laughs> um, but no, Whole Foods has like the Alexia brand. They make, they make fantastic waffle fries if that's your thing. Uh, mm. but they also have good, like just thin cut, like shoe, uh, shoestring French fries with sea salt, which is very good. So, so maybe the last question here for you. So where, where do you stand <laughs> on sort of specialty fries? You mentioned waffle fries as an example sure or like you know of course there's curly fries things like this so do you do you do you take advantage of options like that or do you generally stick to like a traditional shoestring kind of fry i do and it depends so first off like let's go with let's uh, there are two i think um perennial and like just uh, just uh, foundational rules about fries so first sweet potato fries are always bad and terrible and mm, disagree. and and really if if there if i ever like had any sway like they would be they would be banned like we, we would use power <laughs> of of the legislative branch and we we would get rid of that nonsense cuz it, it reflects poorly in america so yeah sweet potato fries need, need need to stay out um also a good way to judge french fries is if uh ketchup makes any french fry better you're eating bad french fries and you should not have that hmm okay i hmm, For, uh, hmm. okay yeah. i know i see Huh. I see what you're saying. I don't. I don't know if I agree with it or not. I, if, I, I, if, let me get if, back to you on that. If French fry, if French fries plain are not good enough to be eaten standalone, you should not be eating those fries. See, what I'm thinking of is a fry like the Blue Barn fry, where I, I usually don't eat those with ketchup because they are just so good on their own. Exactly right. So that's that's exactly. Hmm. If you feel yourself looking for ketchup, maybe you don't need to ingest those carbs. Maybe you you took that shot, and it it, it was a no goal in your parlance. <laughs> yeah, that that sounds exactly like me. Uh huh. Um, yeah. Those those are your two favorite words in the world. So I assume, yeah. <laughs> what goal in French? No, word? no goal. Oh well, it depends on the context. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but uh, if you if anyone ever feels ketchup is necessary uh, for fries, you're doing something wrong, and you should reevaluate what you're doing in life. Um, but no, in terms of the specialty fries, yeah, sweet potato fries are always terrible. Waffle fries are sometimes good, but it, but there's a time and place for it. So you can't. I think the best type of fry overall is just like a nice thin cut, lightly salted shoestring fry. Curly fries are also good. Uh, you have to be really cautious with what people commonly describe as Cajun fries, because that can always go sideways. Um, what, is, what is a Cajun fry? I don't know if I'm familiar with those. I think like Five Guys has it. Like it, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like a Southern like spiced style where you just get like a cayenne pepper. Like there's there's a whole bunch of there's like some big blend of seasoning that they put on it that makes them kind of spicy. It, it, it's a thing. So if you Google Cajun fries, I'm sure you'll you'll find something. Okay. Um. But yeah, but but over a sweet potato fry, I'll always like bury me in Cajun fries. <laughs> um, yeah, curly fries are fine, but I, I think it, again, it like with most food, like if you're over, if you're doing too much to it, you're doing it wrong. Like it's it's like HP and those three in one versatile computers. Like just just make a computer, stop it. Oh, is it is it time for our quarterly? It's not. It's not. Oh, okay. No. All right. No, it's just not. let me know. No. I think I've got, I think I've got it on OmniFocus to do that every eighteen months. <laughs> that's, that's that's it has not come up yet. Um, yeah, so yeah, key rules to life: always, um, always order the fries, regardless of where you are, even if it seems like kids' food. Uh, sweet potato fries are an abomination, and if you're using ketchup, you're doing it wrong. Much like if you're using an iPad for work, you're doing it wrong. 
<laughs> Bring it all back. You, you, you took it and turned it. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. I huh. I I did not. I did not expect the show to begin this way, but maybe you know the the decreased latency that we have now just is sort of changing the show. Yeah, um, people can tell this is either a really busy week or a very slow week. Maybe it's a little both. Hmm. Who even knows? We took we took a week off last week, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's all fine. Yeah, I um I moved. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this, this is this is public record. All this right. Is, this is we're we're on the record now. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, this means uh, you are no longer all the way over there. Correct, and I can no longer say that you're way up there because I'm I'm technically <laughs> further north now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, now you're one one of those uh, terrible suburban people. <laughs> this I I do have to say, and this this is just a probably a very sad reflection on me, but that dawned on me. I think it was like earlier today or yesterday. I'm like, damn it, I can't make the joke that carlos is way up there anymore oh yeah because you you might as well be in saskatchewan like right you uh you you, uh, i I can see i can see canada right out the window here yeah you you should you might as well learn french so that you can go to winnipeg and and start auditioning to be the the teeth collector yeah huh right well i mean you know given my you know new newly found interest in hockey over the past few years i just i just felt like i needed to to migrate further north Sure. Um, so yeah. So congrats on the new place. I Thank assume you. this will be a hotbed of uh, <laughs> of innovation, where you you are going to find a way to, and 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 I and I don't mean this in a mean way. I mean this in a, in a, a very positive way. <laughs> you will probably break everything in your house trying to fix it, and then you will ultimately make it better because that's the whole point of having a house. So yes. Yeah, so, so we we bought a house and. Something that I just totally did not consider prior to uh, moving in uh, about a week and a half ago now is there's just so many different little things with the house that you've never had to think about before. So the the example that I've used over and over again, because it's been sort of the bane of my existence so far here, is the sprinkler system. You know, I've, I've never once thought about how a sprinkler system works. And, you know, it's one of the first things I looked at when we moved in. There are six or seven different zones of sprinklers throughout the front yard and the backyard. They're all connected to this central control system, which is not super like old, but not super new either. So it's, it has kind of a bit of an arcane interface with kind of a small little screen. And I thought <laughs> it, I had it. runs it. Blackberry. <laughs> yeah. It runs the, was it ONX or QNX or whatever? Yeah. Um, I kind of wish it did. It'd probably be better than what's on there. <laughs> Um, I thought I had it figured out at some point, but I I don't think I do still. And there are already signs that parts of the yard are dying, probably as a result of not having said sprinkler system figured out. So yeah, I think there's going to be a a lot of little things like that. And another example I'll throw out, which will kind of segue into more of a topic that's relevant to this show, which is oh no, people come here for sprinkler talk. (laughs) They do, uh huh. Um. Is so the thermostat in the house was not working properly when we moved in. So perfect excuse to go out and purchase a nest, right? Purchase the nest, went to hook it up. The wiring, like you can go on a nest website and they'll there's like this little chart that'll show you what's compatible and what's not. And the type of wiring that we had was literally like example A of what does not work. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, you know, <laughs> I did some digging. And fortunately, the the heater is in a place where it's pretty easily accessible. So I, I took the front paneling off, looked at where the thermostat was connected. And after doing some research, found out that the heater has the connectors that we need. It's just they didn't run the correct wiring. So one of the, one of the projects I'll have this weekend is um, updating that wiring. So, you know, lots, lots of little things like that, which you just don't really think about prior to homeownership that I am now... As you said, I'm likely going to screw up many things and and continue no, no, to learn. No, not screw up, but but break, and and that's okay. Right. Uh huh. Right. Like that's literally it's. <laughs> Never mind. Um, uh, we we can skip what I was about to say. So yeah, so that's that's gonna be a really fun experiment for you, and, and I'm and I'm I'm very happy for that. It will, and I, I think it it will probably not for a little bit of time here because we we kind of have to to lay the foundation first, as as you would say, but. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am going to have an incredible amount of smart home gadgetry happening in this house at some point. So there will be likely a recurring segment once that really gets up and running where probably just about every week I'll I'll have some new smart home thing I want to talk about. There's the the potential I'll have something next week, but but we'll see. Okay. So to start uh, with you, you and and the lady friend, uh, start workshopping a name for the segment. Okay. and, And we'll go from there. Okay, perfect. Uh, does the house have a name yet? The house doesn't have a name yet. No, we got to work on that. Needs a name. Yeah. Um, can't call it the farmhouse though. That's already taken by Joe uh-huh. Jonesship. <laughs> right. um, oh shit! They still managed to make it into the episode. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, so so overall, congratulations. Uh, Thank you. And, and, and enjoy. Uh, yeah, all all that comes with that. And enjoy enjoy breaking things. No, I just man that that is. Hmm. There's just such a freedom. And also uh, terror that that that's just I, imagining that it's a it's a large amount of responsibility, which mm-hmm. I guess when I thought of a house, I've really only thought of the financial responsibility, which which, of course, is, is a thing, but did not really consider just the. I don't know, general responsibility of maintaining things like another example, I'll throw, I'll throw out there real quick. Garbage disposal doesn't seem like it's working. Have no idea <laughs> how to possibly start troubleshooting that. So, well, what happens when you press it? It kind of makes like a very faint sound, but then doesn't really do anything. That might be hmm, that might be fixable, and that's probably one of those things where um, that's probably easily fixable too. That that could definitely be a DIY project, potentially. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's that's pretty good. Um. What else? Yeah, that's. I think that's it. Um, all right, good, well, good show. Thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna start making these uh, shorter now that we're that we're closer together. Yeah, we're giving people time back in their day. They they uh-huh. budget <laughs> based off. Uh, well, as it's you po- all- well, hold on. You pointed out that the past three episodes that we spent all the, the whole entire time talking about fixer upper, uh, the, the episodes started creeping up past two hours. <laughs> So, you know, yeah, we're, we're going to give people back time in their day. They can go, they can walk the dog, uh, feed the cat, do do whatever they want. Well, no, what it really is, is it's all the extra latency that we used to have. We're just, we're mm. trimming all that out. And if you trim all that out, you, you, you take a two hour episode and it actually becomes, you know, roughly 15, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, cool. Um, actually, we have a. T- so let's let's start moving into fall. This is there's gonna be a very. So, there's so much stuff. 
There's not, though. This is going to be a very mixed and uh, scattered episode. So if, you, if people want to skip around, feel free. You can probably, uh, in Pocket Casts, jump four minutes and you'll, you'll move on to the next thing if you don't know what we're <laughs> talking about. Um, so you, po- you, you shared this. Uh, Shake Shack, which is, coming, which is coming to the Bay Area in a big way. They're opening up uh, one in our neck of the woods probably this fall. And they're going to be uh, putting one in your old neighborhood um, soon as well. And the only reason why I wanted to talk about this was that um, apparently they're going to, so they're taking a spot that's actually pretty large that used to be um, the spot of like some organic grocery store. Yes. Mm-hmm. But that Shake Shack is going to take that space and they're going to split it and it's going to be like half gym, half Shake Shack, which I just find very pleasing. So you can, you can like the, oh, the cause and really? effect are right next to each other. So it's funny because I, I didn't actually dig into the details of this SFGate article, which will be in the notes, but my first reaction was, that's a really, really big space. Like, I can't imagine they would make a Shake Shack that big. But then I thought, well, I don't know, maybe they just think it's going to be really popular and they want to anticipate that. But so you're saying only half the space is going to be the Shake Shack. Well, so it says, uh, quoting the San Francisco Chronicle, uh, the owners of the building have filed an application to break up the 12,000 square foot property into a fitness studio and restaurant, according to Shake Shack. Socket site had previously reported on the plans. Um, so that makes that makes sense. It's kind of like that's yeah, yeah. That that lo- that location's that location's too big. Like I think about um, the gots that they put up in our neck of the woods, <laughs> and <laughs> am I am I am I not saying that convincingly enough yet? Um, uh, just yeah, Marin. Right. It's um, it's it's just it's an oddly large space. Have you been to that one yet? I haven't because I, I like the Napa one, and I, I just don't like that mall, that shopping center. Because mm. yeah, Molly Stones is sorry, quick quick side rail or uh, rabbit hole or whatever. That that Molly, if you if you ever think uh, Shake Shack, if you think a Whole Foods is expensive, go to a Molly Stones. No, remember the the first I place do. that we lived in San I Francisco. Do. That was the Molly Stones was kind of the only market that was sort of walking distance from our place, and it was very very expensive. Yeah, like it, literally everything that you could buy at Safeway or anywhere else is literally sixty to one hundred percent more. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, uh, reasonably priced for bread, though. Pro tip. Um, okay, I'm sorry. So the Gots in in uh, Greenbrae is is very large. It's 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 cavernous. It's it's just it's <laughs> it's probably twice the size that it needs to be. Which is that was my first thought when I saw where this Shake Shack was going to go. So definitely makes a lot more sense that it would only be about half that space. That is that is going to be a mess, though. That is already a, I mean, this is very inside baseball, but that's already a very, very busy part of that area. So the idea of a Shake Shack being there just uh, seems, yeah, it just seems very disruptive. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not against it. I'm just saying that I just, I just think that, man, that's going to be a, a hectic little spot. I mean, it is, but when you think of all the automobile traffic that's going to be eliminated through electric scooters that have been very kindly placed by uh, startups, I think that really solves it. I, I just, I think those two, like, it's just, it's this commingling of ideas that's going to revolutionize the way we eat burgers. <laughs> well, you're, you're much more up on Shake Shack than I am. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good, man. Did, did we, we talk about on the show that I had it again? I think I think you mentioned when you were in Vegas at the Naples at the T-Mobile Arena. Arena. Mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. yeah, uh huh, uh-huh. uh huh. Yeah, they're known they're known for having a Shake Shack inside the arena. So of course we went ahead and did that. 
mm-hmm. and it's better than I remember it. Mm-hmm. But fantastic I, crinkle cut French fries. Oh, I just had I just had regular fries. I think they only have one kind of fry. Oh, actually, I guess they were crinkle cut. I I don't know. I, I, mean, I was I was watching the game. Was, they're they're like Del Taco fries, but they're a step above. Yeah, no, that okay, that's I'm I'm remembering this now. That's right. Um, but I don't know the burger is like it's it's like I said before it it's not bad and it was a little bit better than I remember it being. But I just I would take an In and Out over Shake Shack any day of the week. I would also take a Habit over Shake Shack oh, okay. any day of the week. And not not to be super aggressive or, or contrarian, you, you missed you missed the spot to make the joke. What was the joke? I'm sorry. Have you been keeping up with Five Thirty Eight? I have, and this is there's a thing where where familiar. like where Claire and Nate and Micah will do the thing where apparently the prevailing wisdom is that Five Thirty Eight is contrarian, and then every time somebody makes that joke, Nate will say no or not. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, can I Very can amazing. I have, can I take a quick sidebar to the sidebar here? Sure. I, and I can't we, even diagram we, this. <laughs> we might, um, we might end up sort of getting into a podcast discussion later here. But something I wanted to bring up now is, so I've, I've kind of had like just a lot on my mind, a lot going on the past few weeks. And I've mm-hmm. had this re- re- recurring problem where when I'm listening to a podcast, it's a lot like when you tried to read textbooks in school, where you would get to the bottom of a page and you would realize, shit, I didn't remember anything no. I just okay. read. We're, we're gonna put a, uh, we're gonna put a pin in that. Okay. We're gonna- we're going to address that later. Okay, so we're, we're, we're legitimately coming back to that. We're, we're, we're having a big old conversation about pods, sharing pods, consuming pods, all of it. Oh, wait, do, you, do you say pods now? I don't. I hate that term so much. Every time Bill Simmons says it, I think of you. Weird. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> he, okay. he uses it more than anyone else I know. He, I, I just I hate it. In fact, I don't can't remember the last time I've heard him say the actual full word podcast. He says pods. Any anytime you would think of the word podcast or using the word podcast, he uses pods. Yeah. Okay. We're we're getting back to that. <laughs> uh what were what can man, there's gotta I kinda we're talking about what we're talking about which kind of French fries you should order. We were, but then we hear like eight thousand <laughs> like yeah, this is God, it's like a fucking we're Trump all, interview. We're we're all we're, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like 20 minutes later and he's just, just talking about um it's a witch hunt no no i don't understand the the insult sleepy chuck todd like that's a really lazy insult yeah well most of his insults are pretty lazy yeah but low again like we've talked about this low energy jeb was actually kind of funny <laughs> um anyway it's it's yeah anyway uh we, so oh you were you were at you were at the the of uh, the Voldemort arena and you, you had some shake shack and, and crinkle cut fries okay so you thought that the burger wasn't that good so I, you were I, saying, I thought, it, no, I thought no. it was fine so you were saying that you would prefer an in and out burger which which i disagree with so if, if i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you to rank three things uh shake shack burger uh um a super duper burger and in and out Oh, in and outs number one for sure. Very I mean, wrong. Okay. The next two are, I don't know, the next two are kind of tough because I'm not a huge fan of either. Hmm. I guess I would probably say, oh, God, it's been so long since I've even had a super duper burger. Um, well, there's one, there's a two equidistant between you. Yeah, that's true. Um, I don't know. I guess I would say, 
I guess I guess I would say Shake Shack over Super Duper, but again, without yeah, but any you, sort you, of you've already feelings. answered it wrong though. <laughs> in, in and out is because hmm. I I've I've been trying to eat healthier, so I haven't had In and Out for like a year, but I did have one like a couple weeks ago, and I tried Animal Style fries for the first time because again, I always order the fries. Wait, have I have I given my In and Out fry pro tip for? Are you like one of those extra crispy people or something? Yes. Yeah, okay. So I was uh, late to the game about ordering uh, well-done fries, quote-unquote, which means they just keep them in the fryer just a little bit longer, and they're extra, uh, they are extra crispy. So the problem with that is that you must consume them like within 10 minutes. If you're going to take them for like the drive home, it is it is not going to be a good experience. But... um yeah, no, like, uh, yeah, try try well-done fries. And also animal fries, not not that bad, but also nothing to write home about. Yeah, I haven't had those probably since college, just, you know, mostly for health reasons. Mm-hmm. But, but they they are delicious. Animal-style fries are are fantastic. I So, and to clarify, I'm not, there are some people who are, like, kind of weirdly enthusiastic about In-N-Out, just like there are people who I think are weirdly enthusiastic about places like Shake Shack. I'm I'm not one of those people. I I think In and Out's really good, but I'm you know I'm not. I would not describe myself as someone who's passionate about In and Out. I just I just like I just like them. But I would I would put probably even like a habit over all of these. So that's the part I t- I take the most issue with. The habit is not good. Mm, See, so yeah, I I disagree. I think the habit is fresher and has a lot more variety than any of these other options. <sighs> I haven't had it in five years, but. I I don't have fond memories of it. The, right, I think you should you should give it another try. I've kind of rediscovered it in the last handful of months, and it's quite good. Is the closest one in Walnut Creek? There's I don't know about that one out there. There's one down on the peninsula, um, like in where is where is that one? I don't know. You you could look it up. Some somewhere <laughs> around Burlingame, maybe some somewhere on the peninsula. That's so by the, the airport one ish. Um, Ish, yeah. And then there's one over in um, Alameda, too. Got it. So, I mean, so that would be closer than, like, Walnut Creek. Okay, so I'll, I'll have to give it another try. Um, in Santa Barbara, I don't remember it being that good. And it just, it yeah, it it, it always it always just tasted a little just not great. Hmm. Uh, yeah, so good job, Shake Shack. Do you ever try, speaking of burgers in Santa Barbara, do you ever try, I think it was just called the Burger Bus? not at all i have no idea what that is so it's a i think it's a husband and a wife they took a school bus and they converted it into a mobile kitchen and they would set up shop in various parts of santa barbara and they made these burgers where they one of the options you could get was a seasonal jam which sounds really weird and i i was highly skeptical of it the first time that i tried it but ended up having that option because i mean when an option like that is presented you get you got to try it and it was delicious um and also speaking of french fry options well not really a french fry option but they had pickle chips you ever had pickle chips no like deep deep fried pickles no no oh they're mm, delicious i oh no i i i I, hmm. i don't like food trucks man yeah, the the lady I think they're like fine. I, like I think they're fine, but like it's a gimmick. Did you ever watch the what's 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 his name? John Favreau movie Chef. I think you're thinking of Guy Fieri. No, 
no, no, no, no flavor town, no donkey sauce. Da- no. <laughs> Just I don't know. We're we're not even gonna. It's it's like we don't we we're not talking about Anthony Scaramucci anymore. We're not talking about fucking Guy Fieri either. That um that that last trip I took to Vegas a few weeks ago. Yeah, there we were kind of in the area right by where his restaurant is out there. Mm-hmm. I really thought about going into just having something just just to just to know what that is. I mean, I, I, I have some I have some guesses as to what it is, but I feel like I need yeah. to experience it firsthand at some point. But 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 they have French fries. <laughs> Even if Guy Fieri's restaurant has the literally the world's best French fries, like like French fries that would change your life and make you become Amish or something, like that would I I, I don't I don't think I want to know. <laughs> I, no. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close this Yelp page for the burger bus because the comic sands on the bus is making me upset. <laughs> um, is it is it still around? Does it sound like it? It looks like it. Good. good. Or it doesn't. Yelp doesn't re- report it permanently closed. Um. Okay. What 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 is what are we talking? Okay. So yeah, you, I, I I respectfully disagree and and believe you are very wrong about um the habit, but I'll, I'll give it another shot whenever I'm in in the in con- in the East Bay. Um, so yeah, so Shake Shack, uh, Shake Shack cannot come here quickly enough. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. So, so order the fries. That was supposed to be the start of follow up, but we, that didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I am not prepared this week, so I'm going off your no, we're, notes. we're all, we're all out of sorts. It's fine. I, I, well, I'm no, let, let's, 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 no, let, let's keep talking about potatoes. So the hot <laughs> potato of technology, it's, Ooh, it's not working. No, it's wow, not. Wow. Nice. Um, so so um is this is this is this Steve Jobs comeback story where maybe uh, where uh every time we talk about this we always debate whether it's with things or why things I think it's with things uh the makers of the see I bought the scale before it had a cool name so I have the with things WS-60 <laughs> scale where you have the Withings, like the no like, well, no you probably have like the Nokia Pulse Ox uh, no, no, no. Elite I was in... Fitness I was in pre Nokia, so mine says Withings on it. It's it's like the Withings body something. But it was it was when they started giving stuff names. Like you remember yes. when cell phones didn't have names? They were just like the Kyocera something something seventy nine twenty or whatever. Remember and when cell all... phones were just something that everybody hated? Uh, I, I I don't know when that day stopped. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go down that road, yeah, we'll, we'll come back to that um seeming as we have made a living except not a living but we we have made time to complain about cell phones for 156 episodes oh i mean i know i i, I mortgaged the house on the future of this show so that's mm. we're, we're no in. i i i can literally imagine you going to chase bank and being like uh do you do you see that tidal wave of squarespace money <laughs> i have a podcast yeah uh-huh no that's we when we give were give me nine hundred thousand tr- dollars when, when we were trying to get the loan we I, I just said oh i know i'm I'm a podcast host and they're like oh great mm-hmm. and yeah, that, that was it no credit check nothing yeah yeah you're an entrepreneur not a wantrepreneur <laughs> there's a very annoying billboard on the drive <laughs> on sorry on the way home from the airport like it, the 101 is a very upsetting stretch of road for the the te- the tech billboards it's it's mm, easy. yeah 
Yeah, so one of them was, uh, yeah, uh, are you ready? Like, it was, it was some, like, uh, career site, and it was like, we're looking for entrepreneurs, not entrepreneurs. And I was like, God damn it, I need to move. <laughs> every every time I go anywhere, I'm like, this, this place isn't worth it. The only, the only positive about that stretch of the 101, which you're referring to, sort of, like, between the airport and the city, the only positive thing about it is that's where the uh, Dunkin' Donuts is. Uh, man, you you are you, you are picking all the wrong ponies this, <laughs> this year. Um, so what is so Dunkin' Donuts? If I can imagine, are they trying to pull a Domino's? Like, are they are they pivoting away from? Like, I I heard or I've been reading that they're they're like leaning hard into coffee. Like, coffee is their notch, and they're trying to get their yeah. Like, coffee is like their services company, and they're trying to get rid of the donuts. Um, I don't know if they're trying to get rid of the donuts, but. Um, they are certainly emphasizing coffee and other things that they offer. I think there was some location that they opened somewhere where I think they, they just called it Duncan. They, like, they had dropped the mm-hmm. donuts part of the name. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they've been sort of, I think, considering things like that. But disappointingly, they, I thought they were going to be in more locations in the Bay Area by now. They, you know, they opened one in the aforementioned Walnut Creek, and then there's one down on the peninsula. And I, I thought the plan was for them to open a bunch more, but so far those are still the only two in the area, which is disappointing. Yeah, Walnut Creek's not that far. And the benefit of Walnut Creek is that it's literally 20 to 30, degree, 30 degrees hotter than everywhere else. <laughs> no, that's true. What time it is. That's true. Uh, um, so what, oh, with things, man, this I is I think it's white things. It's not. <laughs> it's, uh, so, uh, yeah, they're being... So Nokia, uh, who purchased them a while, like uh, two years ago, um, uh, uh, found that uh, oh yeah, wearables and uh, smart body technology and stuff is a hard business, and it's also super uncertain. So they're just like, nah, forget this. Steve Ballmer is like, does no what? What is Nokia now? Because Microsoft still owns. Like it's just kind of a defunct part of their business, but like the smartphone business is still owned by Microsoft, isn't it? Well, yeah, Microsoft doesn't own all of Nokia, do they? It's it was just the smartphone division, right? Well, so then in this case, was Nokia just like super industrial cellular technology and some consumers like health stuff? Like, what is Nokia now? I guess I guess so. Yeah. Um, so apparently Nokia was like, "Nah, this is not a business we want to be in." Uh, just like, ever, like, man, people are dropping like flies and wearables. Like, a, I, I think Under Armour and Adidas and like a whole bunch of people are just like, "Nah, like, screw it." It's, just, it's it's the Apple Watch and whatever the hell Google's doing, and Fitbit's just going to kind of do their thing until they run out of money. Um, so yeah, so apparently uh, the CEO or like the original founder of uh, Withings uh, bought it back from Nokia. Uh, and that's supposed to close uh, later this quarter. Yeah, which is it's so funny because I, I guess I hadn't realized it had already been two years since um, Nokia had acquired Withings, but I, I think you're you're right. Yeah, it was, it was 2016 in this TechCrunch article, um, and it, it feels like just yesterday they sort of finally completed the integration where. They rebranded the app. They had started putting the Nokia logo on their hardware. And it feels like all of that's just happened in something like the last six months. And now as soon as that's complete, they're getting rid of it. Yeah, it's a shame. Like, I mean, because it's, it's weird. Like, uh, like, 
who's going to do this stuff? Like, it seems like so much of consumer technology now is like just kind of fragmented where it seems like there needs to be like one to two like strong players in each segment. But like, it seems like we're in this weird spot where either there's like not enough people there or there's like way too many. Like, like, uh, the, especially you, you're going to find this out in um, a few months as you do all your smart home stuff. Like, if you look at like, um, like smart door locks and like uh, all this home automation stuff, like there's a billion people doing all the exact same stuff where you're like, you have to really worry about what you're buying is like, will this company exist in six months? Like, is this just some weird Kickstarter company that's shipping me alpha stage hardware that, and I'm just going to trust that to run my house and hope that this, I, uh, this app sees an update for iOS 12. Like it's, yeah, it's no, weird that's, days, man. Yeah, no. And, and I'm, I'm not trying to make a segue here cause I don't think we've got a lot to say on this topic, but it reminds me a lot of the whole Apple canceling the airport line of products, um, specifically the discussion that uh, Jason and Dan had on the Six Color Secret Subscriber podcast this mm-hmm. week. That's where a good one. It was a very good one. And I, you know, I, I thought it was a really good conversation about the fact that, you know, certainly for folks who are still using like an airport base station and then having like a, a speaker plugged into it, you know, there are a thousand other alternatives to that, you know, including Sonos, et cetera. But I don't know if you're like, if you're someone who's got a setup they really like and that airport ends up breaking one day and you're not able to replace it, that's a bummer. And I, I think like the way I, the, the reason I'm connecting it to the smart home thing is, yeah, you know, even if your smart door lock company goes out of business, there's going to be others that you can come in and replace it with. But you know, it's it's just kind of a it's a bummer when something you really like is no longer available or is no longer something that's really feasible to use. Correct. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to pivot too much into Apple, but that that is kind of a. I keep worrying about like, and we'll talk about this when we get to Apple earnings. But like, what what does Apple think is worth doing? Like, I, I don't I. I don't see because like Jason was making the point on on that episode. I don't know if this was upgraded to the secret podcast, but I think it was a secret podcast where oh, and if you're not a, a six color subscriber, you should go do that. It's, it's great. Um, where he was saying like if you were somebody who was like a really promising developer, like are you doing great things? Like that you would probably get pulled off a project like that. And this goes back to like so many things where it feels like unless it's the biggest driver of all revenues, like it's not worth doing. Or I don't know, I, I feel like, and I'm not saying Samsung is like some noble example of what every company should strive for, but like when you're a company of a certain size, like it feels like you should be able to do multiple things and, and not feel like making a router that you make a new one of every couple of years is like detrimental to your like business. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I actually am. Yeah, I, don't, I guess I don't want to get into it either, although maybe we have more to say than we thought. But I actually do think it's kind of a weird business for Apple to get out of. I, I think an Apple set of um, wireless hardware makes a lot of sense. And I, I get that the, it's a much more competitive space than it was even just a handful of years ago. But I don't know. That still seems to me like a, a space that Apple would be interesting in being in, considering the dependency all of their devices have on connectivity but well like and why why does that eventually become like a smart hub thing like yeah, right now right. like isn't there a thing where like um uh what's it not home pod 
or maybe it is HomePod, but like HomeKit, yeah. Like, isn't there a thing where if you like your Apple TV becomes like your home bridge hub or it's, something? It's so that's on the list of th- smart home things I want to do a little bit more investigation. Is yes, you can turn either an Apple TV or you can actually do this with an iPad as well. You can turn it into a what effectively becomes a HomeKit like bridge or a home kit hub yeah but then it has to be on all the time why wouldn't that just be the next gen airport like yeah, if apple right. actually cares about because that's the weird thing with like home kit where like there are these weird things where like they keep iterating on it sort of but like very half-assedly and like there's i, I don't know man all right we're, we're not getting okay let's let's just move on because it's not gonna go anywhere <laughs> um okay but that, that was piece one of follow-up um yeah. Okay. So, so, so with things, I, I don't know. I hope this, I have a, I have a big, uh, uh, no, I was gonna say beef to bone, but no, um, what do you call it? <laughs> I have a big, uh, bone to pick with, with things. Is that scale? Maybe since I moved and I just don't have like stable floors or something, but like my withing scale, like has, it like has like 10 pound swings in my weight. And I swear to God, I'm not that heavy. Like it's, it's like, uh, like one, one day it'll say I'm, some weight and the other day it'll say like <laughs> i'm uh, plus 12 pounds over three days which is not right and then the worst part is because like there was a while where i redid my home network and i it took me a very long time to realize that uh, i never updated the scale so therefore it just wasn't sinking and then i finally fixed it and then i'm getting these damned nokia health weekly reports where it says uh keep pushing yourself carlos don't be discouraged by last week's results fuck you scale <laughs> because you're faulty like i i i know sometimes i don't eat all that healthy and i've i I think like i I ran 25 miles last week get off my ass like don't (laughs) like i hate sassy technology another thing real quick siri uh keeps doing this thing on the watch where it will say it's not even the i'll tap you while i when i'm ready thing which again literally almost nothing other than seeing like uh, the the president unwantedly on TV, like uh, nothing will make me matter than getting the uh, I'll tap you when I'm ready thing, even though I didn't ask. And there's this new thing that happens since like iOS 11.3 or watchOS 4. Point whatever is it'll say it'll tap you and say, "Did you accidentally summon me?" Oh, have you ever gotten this? No. Um. Oh, and also there's another error message that you, that I was that I got a couple days ago where it says no Siri connection, neither Apple Watch nor iPhone can access Siri. <laughs> like that's that's insanely specific and also grammatically strangely worded. Like why 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 just knock it off? Hmm. For for a service that's really not that good, they should really eliminate a lot of the SaaS. Oh, they, <laughs> until they they figure that all shit out. No, they they totally should. It's it, the SaaS is completely unearned. That is literally eighty percent of the reason why I bought the Echo Spots was is I didn't ever want Siri to ever tell me Echo, anything about the Echo no, Dots. No Echo Spots. Oh wait, is wait is that the Echo Spot the... is is the spherical one? Oh damn it! Okay, sorry. No, I um oh man, I love my Echo Spots. Hmm. Um. A hand a, like a, a chef special of the, of the year. They're they're great. Hmm. Um. And then where's the thing? I I just okay. Yeah. I'll paste this into the thing. Yeah. Um. 
But yeah, it's super annoying because I, I didn't even say, hey, Siri, and it just sends me this, it's this weird message, which just is just rage-inducing. And it can, can't even fit the word accidentally across. Yeah, like, I, I, don't, I don't have, like, a, a large text enabled or anything weird. Like, just, well, why is that hyphenated? Hmm. Okay. Uh, do you, you, you put this in here, do you actually have much to add about the whole, well, actually, I, I kind of do, maybe. The, Gruber had a, a long-form thing on um, updates on kind of, like, the Marzipan project that Mark Gurman had uh, reported on earlier, which is kind of... Apple's uh, rumored way of making it easier to make cross-platform applications or maybe do some type of code sharing between iOS and macOS? Um, I, I guess I have some things here. I, I definitely am in agreement that the way that Marzipan's been understood to be some way of basically having the same app run across macOS and iOS is is probably not right, or at least the answer is quite a bit more nuanced than that. I do really take Apple at their word, and, and this comes in light of some recent comments that Tim Cook made, where he reiterated that they view macOS and iOS being two very different platforms. I, I really do take them at their word for that. Maybe that's not going to be true forever, but I think it's going to be true for at least some period of time here. And so... I, I do, I guess, largely agree with Gruber that this sort of cross-platform development initiative is, I mean, I'll use the same word I just did, more nuanced in the way that we've been thinking about it. And it's not just literally going to be you click a button and your iOS app becomes macOS compatible. Um, but do, do you, 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 you sounded like you were maybe either in disagreement of this article or you, you took umbrage to it in some way. Good word. <laughs> fancy diction um well uh, so two things my first one is gonna be uh, well uh, so i don't i don't feel like the way you characterize the consensus around what had been reported or what people think about the project like is that really what people have been saying about it like i don't think people are like it's gonna be a right what like there's not gonna be some type of like java situation where it's like right once run anywhere like or that it's gonna be that like ui kit and stuff like scales across like where the Mac is now just like a third, like, you know how you can make an iPhone app. That's also an iPad app with minimal work. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there's now gonna be like a, a third or fourth size class could be like, that's like, Hey, it's now it's a Mac app. Like, I don't, I don't think that's gonna be a thing. I think what most people understood it was, is that there would be more common frameworks and things where, um, some of the, uh, development, like libraries and i'm not a programmer but like but stuff like that there'd be more shared or maybe there'd be more support on mac os for things that would allow you to recycle more code you would still have to do some work on the ui side but i i, I thought it was more of making it easier to make a mac app rather than saying like yeah you you, you make an xcode project for iphone and ipad and oh it also spits out a mac binary like i i didn't i don't i don't really think that's what people thought well i guess maybe let me phrase this a little bit differently. I think people viewed Marzipan as the beginning of the end of macOS as we know it, or the beginning of the merging of iOS and macOS together. And I, and I don't, I don't think it's quite that. Uh, yeah, I don't think so either. So, like, I, I hmm. and I think in the Gruber article, he kind of put, um, uh, he tempered expectations on when we might hear about this. Like, I think a lot of people thought 
based off of German's reporting, that this was probably a done deal for at least hearing about the early stages of this at this year's WWDC. And he said that it's probably going to take longer than that. Is that a fair characterization? Mm-hmm. Right. So that that's fine. But my issue here is that... So this is basically a guided and controlled press leak, basically, from Apple that, that, that uh, Gruber's doing. Is, is that out of line? Hmm. Uh, that part I'm not sure about. So if we, we go to the section where it says the name. So there is indeed an active cross-platform UI project at Apple for iOS and macOS. It may have been codenamed Marzipan at one point, but if so, only in its earliest days. The important part here. My various little birdies only know of the project under a different name, which hasn't leaked publicly yet. There are people at Apple who know about the project who first heard the name Marspan when German's story was published. So this goes back to like two weeks ago, where like I, I'm, I'm really struggling with the criticism that German keeps, or that uh, Gruber keeps uh, heaping on German and Bloomberg, uh, when basically he does the same thing. Like this, I feel that in a, in, in a various instances, and I don't think it's done maliciously but i think a lot like because apple is well known to do the controlled leak and when they feel maybe the the media narrative is getting away they will either grant an exclusive interview they will selectively leak certain information to certain publications or figure out a way to get the message that they want into into the mix and i don't know i i, I just feel that they, it Devoid of any relevance to the actual news story at hand, I, I I still feel weird about kind of this double standard and kind of sketchy thing that's happening here. But I don't know. I kind of feel like the controlled leak strategy that Apple's used in the past is more to do with broader, more like mass public topics where like they're, you know... There's some like big rumor about the iPhone that's kind of seeped out into the general public, and they want to <clears throat> clarify that, and so they'll leak something to an art like a publication like the Wall Street Journal or something. Mm-hmm. This the marzipan and sort of like cross platform Apple discussion. I still is very much a T word circle topic. Like the people are not rushing the Apple Store to buy laptops because they think mac os is going away like i don't think it's reached that level so i'm not really sure a you know i'm I'm not this is not a slight against gruber it's just like it's comparing something like a wall street journal to daring fireball like a relatively niche publication i don't really think that that's like i don't think they i don't think apple does controlled leaks to control the narrative around the t-word circles i think they do that for more of general public topics so that's fair, but I, I, I just still take a lot of issue with, with the whole, like, any information that Gruber is getting here to inform his take on this, that is essentially somebody leaking to him information about the project, correct? Yes. And, and even if that's not leaking entirely sensitive information, and it's a leak for the purpose of guiding the narrative to something that's maybe more true or more favorable to the spirit of the project or whatever. Like, I I just feel like those, you, you lose a lot of, it becomes like a glass house situation. And, and that's, that's kind of, I don't know. That's, I think that's all I have to say about that, but it's, it's, it's tricky. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, we're, and we're in some ways talking about two separate things here. There's the cross-platform thing, and then there's the whole kind of Apple leaking and con- trying to control, you know, said leaking. There's that well, like, kind of I, I too. I want to know if the people that Gruber has been talking to are getting arrested or not. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, to round out follow-up, uh, Senate Democrats are planning to force a vote on uh, net neutrality on May 9th. Is this going to happen? The vote itself might, but I mean, I, t- to be clear, th- this this bill were it to come up for a vote would have to follow the same process as any bill where it's going to have to pass the Senate, have to pass the House, and then ultimately be signed by the president. So, Oh, well, like, this is well, – it's, it's mostly symbolic, right? Like the whole point is to get people much, like, an on-the-record so. vote. Yes. But does McConnell have a way of even like preventing this from actually hitting the floor? No. My understanding is that um, as long as they get the requisite number of signatures, that this has to come to the floor for a vote. Got it. Cool. All right. Well, from here on out, I will let you drive. And uh... yeah, well, I mean, I, I would say that we we keep this probably relatively brief and maybe stick to just um, a couple of topics. Like if, when I look at our outline here, I see some big topics on Apple earnings, which I don't know how much I want to get into that. Um, and there's just a ton of Amazon topics. For some reason, Amazon has just been in the news the last couple of weeks. I would propose maybe tabling that to next week because I think it, there could be a lot of interesting stuff that comes out of that conversation. Um, so I would say that we just hit on some of this this quick stuff. Unless you, unless there is something you have to say about the Apple earnings you really want to touch on. Uh, no, no. I think, to be honest, I, I didn't look at it a whole lot. It's, it's been a busy week where I don't know... Like the gist of it was that uh, there were a lot of reports last week that, uh, based off of supplier rumors and stuff like that, that iPhone 10 sales were going to be probably not great, and for the most part, that has been disproven. Correct? Yes. Okay. So there's that. So I believe I was on the wrong side of history for that, or at least I, I think it's more of my prejudice against the phone and Face ID where I wanted it to fail. Which, <laughs> which I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest about it. Um. And yeah, it's fine. Services revenue is up because you know they, they're a services company. They don't make hardware. They 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 make uh, crap that goes on with hardware. Um, so that is Apple earnings. Uh, Jason Snell, as always, at Six Colors has outstanding charts and uh, visualizations to help you understand the data. He also has. Um, I don't know if the article that you linked to has the thing, but he had an update to his um, Tim Cook chart. Which, like, whenever he's talking about the Apple Watch and he gives uh, metrics that have no relevance or comparability to anything he's ever said in the past, that's always great. <laughs> um, cool. So I think that's it for Apple. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I guess my big takeaway from this is I'm just, I'm always really skeptical of supply chain stories but both positive and negative and not just about apple like this this comes up a lot in the video game industry too where console manufacturers are not usually pretty tight-lipped about console sales and also software sales and so because of that there ends up being a lot of demand to try to find out what those numbers are and so people 
reach out to other kind of third-party sources and you get a lot of misinformation about how a particular console or how a particular game is doing again either positively or negatively and i just i'm i'm always really skeptical of that stuff and i, I think this is a perfect example of why skepticism is warranted i the iphone 10 it seems is doing just fine it's doing more than fine um, which, you know, also as someone who's not a huge fan of the iPhone 10, like I'm, I'm not trying to defend it here, but, um, <clears throat> the, the big takeaway for me is just, you know, wait until you hear the official numbers from the actual source. Sure. Okay. So yeah. Uh, how about let's, let's, let's do, I'll let you, or I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put you in charge of, uh, organizing some, uh, some quick stories and then, uh, do you want to round it out with uh, kind of a longer podcast and, uh, pocket cast discussion? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Go for um, it. so, um, let's see that the God, so much, so much to pick from here. Well, actually, um, let me, can I suggest one to start? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cause this is, I think this is more in your wheelhouse. Um, and this came up in the uh, panic year and review thing. Uh, so Valve, the people who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, make Half-Life, which was a game people played in the, the 2000s. Yeah, they did that, but they're, they're really known for being the creators of Steam. That's when you think of Valve, oh. you want to you think of Steam. Oh, Steve is what... Oh, that's clever. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> nice. Good, good name. Okay, uh-huh. cool. Never put that together. Uh, so they bought. Um, I was never really fully understanding of what the relationship was between Panic and Campo Santo. Like I think Campo Santo was was the game developer, and maybe Panic provided the sales. And I, like I, anyway, they did something together, and they they made a game that was supposed to be very good that I played thirty three percent of. Uh, Firewatch. Oh, did you did you not finish that? I I don't like video games, man. It's it's uh, Firewatch is barely a video game. I'm just I I, 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 I I don't I don't mean that in a bad way. It's it's more of just like an interactive movie. No, it's good, but I just I I I bliss, I do and listen to a lot of boring things. Like I am not a very exciting person, but like I I just video games lose my attention so quickly. Hmm, okay. And, and and I I could watch C-SPAN for six hours. Like it's I I don't understand why, but it just it doesn't it doesn't mix. But anyway, so um, Valve has, apl- has acquired Campo Santo, uh, who made a really su- like uh, kind of surprising video game of how successful it was. Um, that was released on multiple platforms, and apparently is also coming to the Nintendo Switch soon. Um, but yeah, so they're going to be making f- uh, games full time with Valve, and apparently Valve has not produced a game of their own in a while or not at least not a popular game so yeah so what what is this about well so that yeah and this is this is sort of the the interesting story about valve is so half-life which you mentioned is a beloved franchise and valve uh, famously came out with half-life 2 and as a follow-up to half-life 2 they were going to come out with three sort of episodic pieces of content meaning that you like half-life 2 was something like 10 to 12 hours of gameplay. And then they were going to come out with these three episodes after that were each like a few hours that were going to kind of help wrap up the story. And they came out with the first two and never made the third one. And the, the second one came out, this is like over a decade ago now. And so people have held that up as the example of what they're really frustrated with with Valve is because they're so 
caught up in Steam that they've sort of taken their eyes off of making individual games. And I mean, Steam is still the kind of the place to be if you want to sell your game on PC. And it must just make Valve <laughs> like I mean, it just literally prints money for them. It's 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 like the you know the App Store for Apple. I mean, it's just it's wildly successful. It's kind of the de facto standard. And so they, you know, kind of rightfully put a lot of atten- their attention on that. And so people have become frustrated that they no longer kind of develop games on their own because, you know, they're, they're known as being a really good game developer. I don't take this story as being a sign that Valve is all of a sudden getting back into games. I mean, Capo Santo is my understanding is it's like a 12 person team. So this is not, this is not going to be the creation of some new Valve <clears throat> game studio. Um, Something that is sort of interesting, though, is Valve, um, recently there's been a lot of stories that a lot of the writers that were on staff for the Half-Life series and other initiatives that they had have since left the company. So if you do want to try to spin this as a way that maybe Valve's getting back into games, maybe they look at a company like Caposanto and see a lot of really talented storytellers because Firewatch is a really, really interesting story. But again, I don't know. I'd, I'd be somewhat skeptical that this really means anything other than just sort of a kind of a talent acquisition for their um, existing initiatives. I, I know you probably can't speak for everybody, but isn't so? So if Steam is super successful, and I've always, always, other than the fact that it's like most cross-platform software, which is is to say that the the Mac app is probably not very good. Like, isn't, aren't they doing like a net positive for gaming as a whole? Like if, if they found like facilitating like a, an easy way to make like portable game libraries and find easy ways to legally purchase games, like isn't it, how, how can people still be mad at them for making gaming easier? Um, well, I mean, you know, that Valve takes its cut of sales, which some people don't love. Yeah, um, but hmm. Valve or Steam has also become a bit unwieldy. Where they, they because they let everything on there, it, it becomes a bit hard to navigate. Which is, you know, stop me if you've heard these criticisms before. A lot of them sound very much like what people say about the App Store. <laughs> Literally anything in life, yeah, right? It was it was way cool before everybody else knew about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but no, I, I I think honestly that the big resentment towards valve doesn't come from like steam itself i by and large people really like steam even though there are some things about it that people will will complain about what people are more upset with valve is what i said earlier which is they would rather them spend more time developing games or you know at least be able to spend some time doing that because people have really liked the games they've put out in the past so people are disappointed that they've gotten away from that okay well campo santo seems to make uh i don't know it seems to be a cool team that's doing new things and yeah, it's probably a, a net benefit for everybody. And you should you should finish Firewatch. It's or you know what? If you don't want to actually play it, like watch some YouTube videos of it or something. It's 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 a it's a neat story. I'm I, I'm going to say that I probably will, but I won't. It's it's there's just, <laughs> there's no time to do anything, man. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. God. Too busy trying to figure out sprinkler systems. We we yeah, like everybody in life is trying to figure out their sprinkler system. <laughs> the sprinkler system is whatever you want to make it. Right, right, right. It's pretty good. 
it, it is like it's just yeah it's we're all we're all fighting our own battles okay <laughs> um jesus christ okay um, so I, I would I would propose maybe one or two more of these quick hits. We'll hit the podcast thing and then chef specials. Yes, yes. All right, you pick. Um, I you know what? Let's just let's keep it all gaming. Why not? No, um, oh. the no. the no. I, no I, I want to get your take on this. So the the Oculus Go. So loyal listeners will remember this. It, we we've talked about this before when it was announced. This is Oculus's standalone VR headset. So this is. What does this thing cost? I think this is like, yeah, $199 does not require a PC. Again, you know, longtime listeners will remember that the original Oculus, which I dumbly purchased <laughs> back in the day, required a $1,000 plus PC. And then the headset itself started at something like $600 or something like that. So this is a $200 standalone unit. Does this at all make you interested in VR or are you still just... Is this just a no a, a no go for you? If it were, I'm sorry. What? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I mean, no disrespect. Literally, could not care less. <laughs> um, I see. I think. I mean, I so I hear you, and I, I'm like, it's not like I'm going to go rush out and buy one of these things either. But I do think that VR, and I would throw AR into this conversation as well. Does and this is maybe an obvious thing to say, but it does become a lot more compelling and interesting when it's so much more accessible than like the original Oculus was. Yeah, but we already have this. Like that's that's the, so here's here's my thing. Like one, like we we talked about this five, ten minutes ago. Like I I hate video games, so I'm the wrong person to talk to about any of this. But in terms of v, like AR, like because I actually was was it Mike and Jason that were talking about this this week where uh, somebody was explaining the difference between AR and VR. Right. It's like AR seems really silly to me. Like until we find a way to make Google glass in a form that's not Google glass. Like, I mean that that's when that's going to take off. Like otherwise, like who cares? VR, I think is in the same way where like it's, it's either you have to do what Google did with um, like, do you remember when, uh, well, like, Verizon and uh, Disney had a partnership when the first big Star Wars like re- reboot movie came out, and then the New York Times and Google did like a thing where they mailed I think almost all of their uh, digital subscribers uh, cardboard headsets. Like I think you either have to go like insanely like primitive and basic in the in the way that uh, cardboard just leverages like a, a cardboard thing with a little bit of plastic lens inside of it, and then your phone. Or like you have like the crazy enthusiast that wants to build like a, a, a multi GTX Nvidia AGP whatever whatever thing and like I, I you yeah you either have to go super basic or everybody else is going to sit it out in, in in ten years and hopefully enough early adopters will have sat through a bunch of garbage to make for it to be good like I, I just don't like. I assume all this VR stuff like is like this is the Palm OS days, and everybody's waiting for the iPhone. Like you know, do you know what I mean? I do. No, I I, I do. Like yeah, like it just I don't know. And then uh, the the uh, the what do you call it? The Google Cardboard is like the NES and Duck Hunt. <laughs> I think do these I, references make sense to anybody. They, they, no, 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 they, they totally do. And, and I don't know. Maybe the more interesting part of the conversation to, to get it away a little bit from the gaming part of it is. 
there's definitely this desire to understand like what the next big leap in user interface is going to be because there's definitely going to be something beyond touchscreens and sort of like smartphones and tablets like we have today. And then even with computers, it feels like there's going to be something beyond looking at a monitor and typing on a keyboard. And we, I'm sure we, I'm sure I've said this on the show before, like I'm definitely of the opinion that whatever that next thing is, or, you know, that next big thing, as you would say, I, I don't think we've seen it yet. And I don't think anything that's out there today is even close to whatever that's going to be. And I don't know, maybe that's not much of a profound statement either, but I guess I say it as a way of, you know, sort of tempering people's excitement about what we have today. Like maybe they're important stepping stones to get where we're going, but I don't think they're anywhere near what the, the actual kind of next big thing's going to be. Agreed, but also like to, to frame it and give a different context. Like I, I also think nobody thinks, or I think very few people think that what is out or what is coming out is, is uh mass market or even good. I don't know. Face Facebook spent billions of dollars acquiring Oculus. There's definitely some people that think what's out there's kind of a big deal. Well, f- Facebook spends billion dollars. <sighs> Facebook. <laughs> um, I think when you're of a certain size, you can just throw money on whatever you want. Like smart home <laughs> or smart health appliances. <laughs> right. Uh, all right. Let's, let's get to the, the podcast thing. And, um, Start start getting near the finish line. Uh, yes. Um, let's let's frame this using uh, a story that you told me, which was I think this was yesterday. The Daily had a a really good episode where like where the the preview was. Um, uh, Mike was talking about uh, Uber specifically in New York City. And figuring out what the impact was on um, the existing like legacy taxi system, and kind of New York City uh, famously has their whole medallion system for regulating the number of cars that are on the road and stuff like that. So like that was like the lead, and I was like, oh no, this 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 could be either either be really good or this could not be so good just because of you know the whole cactus thing and what we've made our living on. Um. But you'd mentioned that, and, and also the, and, and in the end, the episode ended up being fantastic, and it was it was it was it was great. A classic Mikey B, and people should, if they have not listened to it yet, should go listen to it because it's it's a very good story. But also the way it was reported and just like the whole style of the interview was was really really fun and and, and interesting. But the the thing I want to get to is that uh, this was uh, an episode that you were able to share with uh, with your lady friend, and. Um, that was the first time she listened to the daily. Yes. Um, so like, that's, that's cool. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's good to share the daily with everybody and you should, you should get her a tote bag. Um, <laughs> but this gets to a question I think you, you casually brought up, which is podcasts are, are, and this is, this is not news, but podcasts are like fairly personal and intimate and sharing and recommending podcasts to people is really challenging. Not only because you're kind of saying, even in a conservative way, like, cause it's like, let's say you were, let's pretend she would like upgrade, which 
Probably not. She would definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> She'd just be like, why the fuck is this guy trying to use multiple iPads? What is going on? <laughs> um, why, do they keep, um, why do they keep making laser sounds? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I I love upgrade, but yeah, no, yeah, no, I I, I do, <laughs> I do it. I do appreciate the scent with lasers. I I think most people have forgotten. Oh, no, why I do too. Um, ah, the fucking iPad thing. Oh my god, it, it still makes me. Mad. Um, the the, mul- the multiple Apple Pencil thing. I I'm st- I'm still thinking <laughs> about that. Um. Ugh. Okay. So, but th- that is the thing where, like, let's, so even if it's a conservative recommendation, like the daily, like you're, you're committing somebody, it's not even like saying like, hey, here's this article I want you to read, or here's this, this great dog who walks himself across the city of Chicago. Like, those are things where, like, those are uh, sh- like small time and interest investments where there's potentially like big payoff. Whereas like telling somebody like, hey, I think this podcast is great for you. And the daily is like 25 minutes. Like most people aren't going to do that. And like, uh, if you t- if you're talking about like This American Life or like which is an hour, or like something like a relay show, like which could generally be like an hour and a half, like to the thing where I think you probably still have not listened to Reconcilable Differences, because like it it's tough to say like you know like when you already have a lot to listen to and life is busy, like it's hard to say like oh yeah d- go go gamble two hours on this show. Well, I, I see. I don't I don't even know if it's a time thing though, because so so what I'm really sort of struggling to get at with this topic is so let's compare podcast recommendations to tv recommendations or even just the idea of sharing tv with someone so the example that i have is um earlier or i guess this was last year now yeah last year we were on a trip and an episode of game of thrones came out and um we decided we all wanted to watch it together the lady friend was on this trip and she had never watched any Game of Thrones, but most of the other people on the trip had. And so we watched this episode, and she decided that she wanted to, to give it a try as well. And, you know, we, we gave her some background and kind of explained, like, you know, kind of what was, who some of the characters were and kind of what was going on in the story. And, like, that, was, that felt like a very just, like, natural thing. Like, it was no big deal. And then we just – we all watched the show together. And then she ended up watching the finale, which was on, like, the next week. And we, when her and I just watched that together. And, like, that was, like, kind of just just no big deal. And, like, TV shows in general are just something that, you know, like, we used to do this a lot in college, too, where, like, every week we would watch The Office together or 24 or something like that. And it was kind of this, like, communal thing. Whereas, like, I feel the exact opposite way about podcasts. Like, the idea of listening to one of the podcasts that I listen to together usually is just kind of a weird thought and I, I don't know if it's just as simple as well you know tv is one of those things where you know even like you think about like when you're a kid and you're watching tv with the family like it's it's got kind of this tradition of being done in a group whereas podcasts more often than not are being listened to through your earbuds like i don't know i just i, I find it interesting that podcasts are or at least for me are viewed very differently than other mediums like tv I think it's because TV has so much wide appeal where, like, if you – and I think maybe that's why The Daily is an easy recommendation because even if you're not – like, that – I, I think that's an – like, it's an insanely successful podcast where – like, and it's on the front page of the New York Times uh, website every single day where it's easier to recommend. Whereas if, like, you're saying, like, um, what, what what's a podcast that you listen to that's not tech-related? 
like even that's not or, the daily even like the, the bill simmons podcast yeah like that's the value of that is real like there's no 10 second pitch on that it's not like like breaking bad like so many shows are like easy to one there's like cultural buzz and stuff it's like it's like oh yeah i've heard of that and is it good and you would give like a 15 second reason why like oh yeah like great story great characters it's it's fun and it's it's easy to follow and, and whatever or like oh yeah the director has like excellent cinematography and, and it's just it's, it's a great show but saying like oh yeah bill simmons he's this guy who who uh used to be on espn and he had a whole thing and he's got a website and he has this guy named cousin sal and he talks about security systems and sometimes he does great interviews and there's stuff like it, it's so hard to like say here's why you should listen to this like and and then if you say oh just try it then the person's in for an hour like I, 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 so that's where, uh, as the medium, is, seems like hard to get people on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad she liked the daily. But like, it's that, that is tricky. And this American Life kind of did the thing that I think, and I think this only works with this American Life. But what was it? Let me see. This American Life was it called Shortcuts? Um. Oh, maybe it is for everybody. So yeah, so they. Oh, hey, okay. We we should start using this for all for all the absolute gold that our our show is. So um, if you Google this American Life shortcut, there's a, a, a like a web app thing that they made where if you wanted to share like just like if you're like there's like this really interesting like 90 seconds of um a podcast episode and you want to share somebody share that with somebody, and you don't want to say hey download this two hour. 70 megabyte mp3 and then go seek to 52 minutes and 30 seconds like that's not something that most people are going to do but they made a thing where you could easily just take a snippet of a podcast and make it easily shareable so i think like that is the most promising way of sharing a podcast but i think that whole the discoverability and shareability is is the biggest challenge and something that i think keeps most um like non-t-word people out of it yeah i think i think that's that's probably right yeah so i mean the, the reason why we bring this up or like this is related in it uh with some big news that happened today or how big it is i'm actually not that sure but it's 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 really important to me because it's it's the app that i spend the most time in where uh pocket casts uh which is a cross-platform application for listening to podcasts that's great on ios they have a native-ish Mac app. They have a web app. They have Android. Um, it's a really, really solid uh, podcasting application that syncs really well. Uh, they were bought by a consortium of NPR, This American Life, and uh, somebody else, um, which is really interesting because there have, there's been a lot of like news and, and concern about... Um, as more money enters podcasting, because you've heard of all, like their like venture back startups like Gimlin and people like who think like you know podcasts are like the next frontier, and we and we need to get big money into this and make super highly produced stuff, and we and with that we need advertisers to recoup that money, and therefore we need a lot of analytics and data on our listeners and know what exactly they're listening to and what uh, ads they respond best to and all that kind of stuff where there's been like the camp of like those people and then they're kind of the people like well uh like like the relay fms and and the other smaller podcasting networks where they feel like you know like open podcasting and just like you know like the whole like 
you, you make an MP3 and you put in an RSS feed and people listen to it however they want to. And hopefully the advertisers find value in the audience and it just works itself out like that kind of like hands off approach to podcasting versus like the big money. Like this is like the gold rush period of, of new media. Like there's been that weird kind of like balance that people are trying to figure out where it's actually going to go. But with this acquisition, I think Marco actually said it pretty well. And let me see if I can find the tweet, but he was like, there's been this thing about like big money coming into podcasting and the fact that NPR is putting their money behind a company that is not like a stitcher or like a SoundCloud. That's kind of a, uh, really closed off non RSS approach. Oh, actually, sorry. It, it was Jason Stone. So his whole thing was, um, I'll add this public radio giants buying an open podcast player app is a validation of the open podcast landscape over the closed podcast silos, which is exactly what I think it actually is, which is that's saying that like this stuff doesn't have to be closed off and we don't have to think of like NPR being like you, if you want to listen to our stuff, you have to have this separate app. And if you want to go listen to the daily, well, that's the, that's going to be inside the, uh, the New York times app. And if you want to listen to a ringer podcast, they're going to have their own thing. Like it doesn't have to be this closed off thing. And one of the biggest creators of podcasts is going with the idea that, you know, it's the traditional way podcasts work is kind of how it should work. And pocket cast does a good bit of discoverability in the application itself. And they're just going to kind of try to figure it out from there. Yeah. I it's, this is all a very good reminder that, it's very early days of podcasting, which is kind of weird to think about considering that it's been a decade. Yeah. Like over a decade. It's like 2006, right? There were like, we yeah, were buzz out loud. Yeah. Right. Um, so it's, it's kind of weird that this super kind of in our eyes, mature medium is actually still brand new to so many people. And, and as a result, the market is still kind of trying to figure itself out, but it really does feel like, and we, I guess we had a big topic on this recently, but like it really does feel like with Serial and with The Daily and some of these other podcasts, it podcasts really are sort of kind of reaching a much broader audience than they previously did. But again, as a result of that, I think the market is kind of trying to figure out how best to monetize these things, how best to distribute them, uh, which dis distribution obviously I think is probably a, a part of this pocket cast story. So yeah, it's all it's all very interesting because you and I are, I think it goes without saying, pretty um, invested in podcasts. Mm -hmm. Again, me, chiefly your house. Yeah, huh? yeah, my my mortgage, right? Um, yeah. So I I when you initially put this the the link in the thing about this, like I was super nervous just because, like. I don't like overcast or like, I, I mainly don't like, because I'm and and you've, you've, you've called me out on this. Like I, I'm a weirdo that, in, that enjoys listening to podcasts on a computer. That's oh, that's so, it's so weird. That's even weirder than I like, I hear about people like using their home pod to listen to podcasts that no, the, the, like saying, Hey, uh, smart assistant, uh, play the latest episode of the day. Like, I, no, 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 that's that's the wrong way to do it. Oh, we for, oh, okay. We're, we're, uh, we got to tangle it to next week. But the uh, 
the Alexa or the Echo inside the soundbar thing. We got to talk about that. Um, yeah, that 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 is a weird thing. But like, a Pocket Cast was very very good at making a good like very very good native iOS application that also had good versions for Android that also had um a good web interface which they then turned into an electron based Mac app which was actually still pretty good that synced insanely well like they're like it's a really good app and I would be really bummed if it went away but like I I trust the software company and based off what they have said it sounds really promising about what the future of it is and that they like that their interests align with what NPR wants to do and that the app is going to continue to be developed, which is great. Cause yeah, overcast just, just doesn't do it for me. And, and it's still a paid application, which is good. Yes. Yeah. Cause if it, cause if it, cause that's, that's the death whenever like Google buys your thing and then they make it free. Like you're like, ah, oh, this, this is dead in six months. All right. You got anything else on podcasts? That's it. All right. What do you got for your chef special this week? So my chef special, I I was going to make it one a couple of weeks ago, but kind of wanted to wait until the um, house became official and all that. Um, This is completely... um, Oh, God. That's what I think it is. You deserve complete credit for this because you're the one who um, informed me of this. Um, Although that was after you... I think this was on the air. You you took a dig at me for a previous purchase that I had made in this no. same product category that was kind of dumb. Wait, I don't wait. Maybe I don't know what you're talking about. Um, these are the Home Depot moving boxes, and you you've told this story about how in college I buy bought these moving boxes online from some company and got totally ripped off, like like. Ripped off in probably like the worst way I've ever been ripped off. <laughs> it was like 2008. We all trusted the internet and we're like, oh yeah. And I assume you were like, oh, $58 for boxes. Why not? <laughs> um, and so, oh man, yeah, that's so bad. But um, so you, you told me about the fact that Home Depot sells moving boxes and that's exclusively what we used for this most recent move. Not only are they incredibly affordable, like ridiculously less than most places. 87 cents. Yeah. They've got every size you can imagine. They've got lots of other packing supplies, including like packing paper, which is a great little, great little tip for people who are are packing like kind of breakable stuff. Um, Yeah. They're just, they're awesome and they're super affordable. Um, Made, made, was it, but they were a big reason why the move uh, went as well as it did. So thank thank you for that recommendation. Sure. Never never knew I'd get so passionate about cardboard boxes, but no, that's the, that that is the thing, and that, and that's what makes a chef special a chef special. Which is something like it's just there's good stuff that are, that exists in in a, just a mountain of crap. Yes. Um, and we'll see how my opinion on this evolves. Maybe I'll um regret saying this eventually, but certainly with with the house, I'm going to be spending a lot more time at Home Depot than I have in maybe ever. Although growing up, growing up, I went to Home Depot quite a bit with my dad. But mm-hmm. like good old Crown Valley, uh huh. That's right. God, yeah, that's right. Good, good call out there. Um, that was a weird shopping center, though. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I 
for maybe this is from this is i think a lot of this is from my dad he always got kind of frustrated at home depot like never being able to find like find people to help him (laughs) and like all that so maybe that colored my view of home depot although i feel like that is kind of a thing they're known for and i just think that's a dad thing like you have a sunday project and you're like i have one day to work on this and yeah nobody's helping me right um but i've actually quite liked home depot it's Um, great the centerfell one's pretty good too yeah they yeah so i'm excited to see that and they apparently i think i'm going to try this this weekend they have you know they have an app and you can basically like make a list of stuff you need and then it'll tell you exactly where in the store like your particular store that you're in that item is so i'm going to give that a try but yeah but home depot kind of seems like it could be potentially pretty great and again as someone who's going to be spending a lot of time there i think over the next year or two um I, I hope I continue to feel that way. It is. And the cool thing about Home Depot is that it's you gotta learn what to buy there, but there's some things about it that are that are much cheaper than they would be at Target or Safeway. Right. Like for like home stuff. Um and then also uh not to compromise your location, but like but like that that Home Depot is right next to a very, very expansive Target with the the best view of any Target in America. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You get a beautiful vid- uh, view of the br- of the Centerfell Bridge, or sorry, the Richmond Bridge and uh, the San Francisco Bay. It's very nice. It's called the Richmond Centerfell Bridge, isn't it? I think it's mainly if you're going to just say one city, it's the Richmond Bridge. Okay, but yeah, but no, technically you are right. Is the Richmond Centerfell Bridge? Mm-hmm. See, I'm I'm a I'm a local. Oh uh, yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you you know you're going to spend all your weekends at the Northgate Mall, and and you're going to go to the Wetzel Pretzel, and you're going to yeah, uh, the Northgate Mall. Yeah, not very good. Yeah, the, 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 we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay, so this week I'm actually going. I'm I'm going to pull a Tim Cook and I'm going to double down on secrecy, or I'm going to double down on uh, a previous recommendation. And this is going to be something I think I've, I think I've made the away suitcase a recommendation before. Uh, but I'm going to say that, and also um, the Eagle Creek uh, packing cubes. Oh, oh yeah, I, I I have I have these. They're great. So these are so good. So. I was nervous about the away suitcase, and and you are right in the sense that you've you've knocked it just a little bit in in that it kind of after a while does get dinged up a little bit in the material that, that it's made out of. I I only I only ding it for that to ding it for it get it um, mm. because <laughs> because I thought that was one of their things was like it's supposed to not do that like I don't mind that luggage does that but I just I thought that was one of their things is that it it like looks brand new for years so I have made no attempt to clean it. So if I if I have a free moment, I will give it a shot, or I will just see how it, how it goes. But I um I came from having like just the world's worst carry on that was like a hand me down that was just like I assume before the TSA even existed. Um, but the the away suitcase it's it's this nice half like it it, it splits evenly into two halves. It has this nice section for like stuff that like just regular clothes that doesn't really matter what form it's in. There's this other like top half where it's for more rigid things that has this like little netting around it, and it's got this middle thing and a compression. Like it, it's just really thoughtfully designed, which at first I didn't like, but now like I have it down to a science where it's just so easy to pack and unpack. Where I can know that I have a trip coming up, and I can be 100% packed in a half hour. And I don't ever worry that I'm leaving something in a hotel room um, with the packing cubes. I have one for cables and chargers, one for toiletries, one for like underclothes and stuff. And then like, it's just, 
it it makes so much sense that it's just so simple and easy. So I, I'm I'm all about this, and and people should go get both of those. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking at the away suitcase website now and they have a um they have like a special collection right now the perspective collection and they've got one that's called london and it's it's like a slate color and then it's got kind of like a green border around it it's very nice looking currently sold out but but very nice Ooh, there's no premium cost to it no yeah, so the, the bigger carry-on is what I have, and it's 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 very good. How does the does the does the compression part of it does that work pretty well? Does that actually give you extra space? It kind of does, and also because the material of the suitcase itself, like the shell of it, actually can expand a little bit. Like you you like I fit like seven days worth of stuff in there. Like it 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 it's it's good, but also I just really like that. Like you don't have to, like with a lot of suitcases, you have to like unpack everything to get to one thing. Whereas like I can logically put like in that little, cause I don't know if you're on the website and you can see it like when it's cracked open, you have that little like center mesh section. Like that's where I can put like my little, like, uh, cause like I have the small, medium and large Eagle Creek, uh, like packing cube pouches. Like the small one is where I have my Apple watch charger, spare lightning cable and all that kind of stuff. Like it's super easy to get to that and not have to unpack literally everything. Hmm. Like I don't know, it, it 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 makes sense. Yeah, I've been I've been tempted to get one of these forever, but yeah, and and also that that stupid gimmicky um, laundry bag is great. Like I was like, oh, that 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 that's really silly, and that's going to be totally not effective at all. But it's perfect because when you get home, you literally unzip it, you dump it into the hamper. I I neatly put the packing cubes away, and I am unpacked in five minutes. Yeah, but I mean, like, like in my suitcase, I, I have a laundry bag that folds up really nice and small, and then I unzip it, and then it becomes bigger. I put my clothes in there, and it, it's it's machine washable, so I like literally just throw the clothes and the bag all in, in the washer. So it's kind of kind of the same thing. Yeah, man, I, I I do. God, I really like like this would be like almost like um. This would be like um, frivolous a frivolous purchase being made right now if they had this London color in stock. This is really sharp. Yeah. Yeah, too 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 bad. Um, and I think no, this isn't it. How do I Yeah, you can you can probably look it up in a previous um recommendation, but oh what um which kind of pouches they are. Oh, so I've got the Eagle Creek Packet Spectre Compression Set, which is a fantastic. Oh, also, do you do you roll T-shirts? Uh, yeah, I'm, usually I do. Yeah, so that that's a good solid strategy. And so it, with the, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of packing cubes. Packing cubes, I, I don't usually bother with them if it's a quick little weekend trip, but any time where I'm going on a bit of a longer trip or I'm kind of stretching the upper limits of how much one of my bags can hold packing cubes are, oh, they're so great. Mm-hmm. But in, in the way like I use it, like it's not even that it's saving me space. It's the fact that like I can, I can like categorize by type where like you can, cause like I always like get nervous, like of like using like a, the dresser and someplace I'm like, Oh, I'm just gonna like mix stuff up. Like it's just like, no, like just literally I just take 
here's a thing of t-shirts. Here's a thing of like underwear and socks. And here's like, like, it's just so simple. That, that's a really good point. I, I think they do save a little bit of space, but I, I think you're totally right. The bigger benefit is the organization. Yeah. So yeah. And, and the thing is the Eagle Creek stuff is pricier, but it's worth it. And also, and here's the thing, because I overpacked this time, one of like the toiletry items I had, uh, had a leak. But the thing is, the the bags are waterproof, so no issue. Right. Um, yeah, Eagle Eagle Creek is, they are a bit pricey, but they're totally worth it. I, when I was going on a Europe trip a couple of years ago, I think I maybe even talked about this on the show. I kind of went through the wire cutters travel section and just bought like everything. Um, and they, they have a lot of Eagle Creek recommendations and like their toiletry bag is excellent. I've had that for years and, and love it. Their stuff lasts a long time, so you you do invest a little bit up front, but then you're you know you're set for a while. Okay, so I've put the link into the two most highly recommended ones that I have. Um, yeah, and and you said you do like your suitcase, and it was just a Costco one. Yeah, I've got I've got a Kirkland one that I've had for I don't know eight not eight years or so now, um, and I, I I really like it. I really really like it. Um, which is that, and that's, that's been the primary reason why I haven't sprung for an away suitcase is I just, I'm legitimately fine with my current suitcase. Yeah. And it's, and it's difficult to upset a system that works. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's parts about the away suitcase. Like, I don't think I would ever use the USB charger. Well, I, but I, that, I already neither, have, the, neither do I. I, I already have the laundry bag thing. Like there's just, there's, and there's not, there's not a lot about the away suitcase. That I don't feel like I already have. It's that middle section, man. Hmm. I really wanted to think it was dumb, but it, it was great. I, I honestly should just go into that store they have in San Francisco and just play. They, play they have one? one. Yeah. Remember I, we talked, we talked about this. It's one of those. We, I, oh, yeah. They've, they've got, well, a, that's the other problem that the, the Shake Shack is going to have is that all like the, just the traffic uh accidents and stuff people trying to get to the casper store but like where where is the away suitcase store that one is um it's either hayes valley or the marina that one's down in hayes valley yeah that one's um yeah it's 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 near where like there's like a timbuktu store down there and I, oh I, I yeah a couple of others yeah it's hayes valley's marina 